Hello. Hello, who are you? I'm Norman. Hi, Norman. Welcome to the Science Show. Oh, great. It's nice to be here. Yeah, where oh, are you from? Oh, where are you from? I'm, I'm from Salisbury. Salisbury. What you do you do in Salisbury? Well, mainly just pop around, not very much. Okay. Yeah, well, not a lot. Well, you've come into the Science Show. It's, a, oh, yeah. uh, it's a, a podcast that comes out every two weeks. Oh, great. Well, what's a podcast? A, a podcast is really... Um, so, uh, I'm a scientist, and I, I meet up with my friend who's also a scientist. Clever boys. Clever boys. Oh, yes, well, yes, <laughs> yes, I like well, it. And we just talk what about... Yes? We just talk about what it's like to be a scientist and, and, and some things we found interesting. Well, why, why should I bother listening to this sort of clapto? Well, I mean, some, you might find it interesting. Okay, you yeah, might yeah. even learn something. Oh, great. Okay, well, I'll, I'll listen in then, shall okay, I? Okay, well, well. Have a nice glass of sherry. Is that cherry I can tell me sherry? There's, there's some lovely sherry. We lovely. always take aged sherry in the science ship. Nothing but the best. Oh, that's absolutely spiffing. I'll have a glass of that and listen in then. Excellent. Science We're in the science shed. Science shed. Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting, Nick. Hello. How are you doing? We're back on the 28th floor in our home away from home. This is where we always podcast from now. It's becoming boring. Yeah, we should go somewhere else. Mm. You're not so. It's, you're right. You seem a bit lethargic. Is no. it, you just had some. Just had some lunch. No, a bit sleepy. A bit post prandial. Fine. Yeah. Okay. How's it going? Yeah, good man. Can I, how's um, what you been up to? Um, this week, um, I've been um, not. I can't believe you put me on the spot now. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't believe. You I like the fact me just asking, "How are you?" is suddenly stressful to you. Well, it's only Tuesday, so um, not a lot's happened so far this week. Right. And not a lot happened last week. I submitted a paper. Congratulations. Yeah, I was just t- t- having a chat with a colleague that um, we, we've we've deposited it. Deposited it. Deposited. What does that mean? We put a little nice deposit <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah, we we um, usually what happens when you publish a paper, as you know, Steve. Yeah. Uh, and our listeners may not know. Yeah. Is that you? You write it. It's like in school. You have an introduction, a methods, a yeah. results, and yeah. a discussion and conclusion. Diagrams. Lots of little diagrams. And you write it all, and you think that's really good, and then you send it to an editor of a journal. And they say it's really shit? They can do, yeah. And then you send it to another editor of another <laughs> journal. And say, please publish it. And then they say it's really shit. And then if you're lucky, fourth or fifth time along, they'll say, yeah, yeah we'll publish this, it's all right. It's like submitting a sort of quite crappy romantic novel to a series of... Yeah, so you first thing you go in at like Random House Publishing. Yeah. And then you slowly whittle it down, down to Bill's Mills and Booth. Self-publishing, yeah, basically. Yeah. Self-publishing on Amazon. We are the self-publishers of well, speaking the of romantic s- yeah. novel. You um, just, so you've just self-published, is what you're saying? No, we didn't. Okay. We submitted it to... Well, we don't know yet. We've submitted it to a journal. But in parallel, these days, because you're a scientist, you want to be able to share as quickly as possible, your findings with the research community. Right. And in olden times, sometimes people would send letters to each other. Communications. Well, Communications yeah. for letters. So you email it to a bunch... Well, they'd use an old, obviously, a um, an pigeon. Actual letter. Or, a, yeah, a cart and horse. And a man would go... I wonder go, if any scientific journal, uh, article has ever been communicated by pigeon. Oh, that's a good question. There'd have to be a, series a small of pigeons. paper or a big pigeon. Or multiple pigeons. What, We're going um, into Monty Python now. <laughs> Um, it'd be giant, like a cloud African of pigeons, all connected with ropes <laughs> to like a giant sort of yeah. aerodynamic flying chariot on mm. which is perched the. It would be a kind of figurative, uh, well, a, a physical embodiment of the figurative narrative of the paper. We should ask Harry Potter to help us with that. All right, I'll get onto that. Have you got his Twitter? No. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, 
but you can, yeah, you, rather than relying on someone publishing it these days, because of the internet, yeah. you can just whack it out there and not bother about checks and balances. <laughs> it's not that you're so not bothering like, now, is it? It's kind of, well, it is a little, you, you, you post it and you can say to your mate, hey, I've posted this paper, it's not been through review, what do you think? Yeah, so we have this thing called the, the bio-archive, or just the archive if you're in physics, where people will just upload their results before it's been through peer review. Um, and it will be edited after peer review is the idea, right? So, so Yeah, you so, can revise it at a later date. So the idea is, is that you want to get it out there, that you're working on this and the results are there. But it sometimes can take quite a long time for that paper to become published because it's got to go be reviewed by your peers. And, and inevitably, what you normally find is it's, it's rare that a paper wouldn't get published somewhere um, under some guy. So, so, so that, that paper you've submitted might not be exactly the same one as the one that finally gets published after peer review, but no, it'll be close to it. Yeah, people will say, oh, you've made that mistake. And then you say, oh, yeah, I have. Or you say, no, you're wrong. And then you revise it a bit. And generally, over time, it's supposed to improve. Not right. always, but, yeah, it's supposed to be a process of improvement. And then finally, they publish it, and it gets an ISBN number and all the rest of it, and it's yeah. logged, and it's there forever. Then you're forever. With the bioarchive, it's just a repository where you whack it on, and it's in the public domain. People can look at it, and they can comment. So you've done that now. So your so your great 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 grandson now can look will be in the future can look back at this this momentous day. Well, the bio archive thing it doesn't have all of the relevant numbers on it to give it a catalogue number in the British Library, for right. instance. So it's just an on it's like a blog article or something. Right. But I think it's licensed under like copyright Creative Commons or something like that. So yeah. you do have protection. Um, but it's not like it's published. So all scientific papers usually. Um, they have a number and they're there forever. That's it. Yeah. They've, they're referenced. It's a permanent thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't remove it. It's on the record. Job done. Unless the world ends or something. So, um, so you did that. Well done. Yeah, there you go. So that's what I've been doing. All right. Well, so rather than talking about your science, should we get on talking about some general science. If you like. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stephen. I'm enjoying the the fact that it's getting le dark slightly later. It, it's it would the evening, it would be closing in already. I feel like I was saying this when we were having lunch earlier on. I feel there's been a subtle change in the light. Yeah, I hate winter. I, hate I don't it like so it very much. much either. I don't like it when one of, one of my PhD students. She's just been on holiday to the Maldives for two weeks. She's hiding out the winter in the southern hemisphere. But now she's had to come back. Now she's kind of come back. Well, that must hurt more. It must be bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, no, there has been a change in the light, and it feels it's quite been quite unseasonally warm today as well. So yep. I started to get that spring feeling back again. Yeah, you like that? I do like that. Regeneration. Feeling. Regeneration. It makes you feel a little bit more little romantic bit in your spirit. I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it got me thinking about dating. Dating. Steve, have you dabbled in online dating? I have, Nick. Very <laughs> I much. So. I know you have. I'm asking rhetorically. <laughs> I did, but a long, long time ago. So I've been happily coupled for a long time. Steve, <laughs> would you say, <laughs> what's your opinion? Where's he going to go? What's this? your opinion yeah. of um, dating websites or dating um, techniques people use using technology these days? Okay, so I, um, I, I don't know about dating websites per se, but I do know about dating apps. And, and technology, and I think I think it's a good idea. I think it opens up your social circle to an environment of people you wouldn't normally have met. Do you think you can improve your chances of finding the one? Well, I don't think the one exists, so uh, I think, you know... Um, I, th I think you can definitely improve your chances of finding a relationship. 
Yeah. 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 No, I think... Do you believe certain I, I, claims you know like... I, I know, um, so, so Match.com, which is a famous um, uh, dating website that's been active on the, on the internet for a long time, over a decade, uh, 15 years or so. And they've been asking the same set of questions since they started, right? Um, you know, like, you know, do you like doing this, do that kind of thing? And that was one of the initial ways they used to kind of match people. And now there's different ways with, you know, other dating websites and things. But what's really interesting is they've started to correlate those. Like, are, are there any questions which correlate more strongly than other questions for the predictability of whether you will have a successful relationship? And they found they did this big, uh, what's called a uh, single value decomposition, a big multivariate analysis, which is just a word that statisticians use to kind of mean extracting very small amounts, uh, specific amounts of data from a big mess. And they found there's two questions that Match.com correlate more readily than, than any other for a predictor of whether you would have a successful relationship. Do you know what they are? Um, are you um, a man? <laughs> no, the question, the question is, is there's two. One of them is, um, have you ever traveled to a foreign country on your own? Oh, right. Massively okay. predictive. And the other one is, do you like scary movies? That's weird. Isn't it weird? I love that kind of thing. It just kind of comes out of the stats. You wouldn't, a priori, you wouldn't, you might Maybe think, it's just a statistical anom anomaly. Well, it might be, but there, there's probably some psychological profile uh, yeah. reason behind those You'd things. be surprised at how little <laughs> science goes on. <laughs> and the reason I got thinking about this is because eHarmony, you've heard of eHarmony? I have heard of eHarmony, yeah. primarily an American site. Right. Turnover. Do you know what the turnover is? Annual turnover. Uh, I, I mean, it's... So dating's quite, you know, people don't mind waxing a few quid on a on a dating app mm. if they're gonna, you know, might find them, find the one. I reckon it's probably a hundred million dollars. A billion. Wow. A billion dollars turnover wow. Wow, wow, each wow. year, which is incredible. Annual revenue two hundred and fifty million turnover. That's pretty good. Billion. What? Yeah. That's insane amount of money. That is an incredible. They had one. a poster on the tube. I don't know whether you saw this in the news relatively recently. The no. poster said, "What did it say?" Um, oh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, oh, Sorry, we, we have to dub it. We, can, we, we have, have to dub it. We have to dub it. Oh, dear. <laughs> here we go. Where is it? Where is it? Oh, here we go. It said on the advert, step aside, fate. It's time science. It's time science had a go at love. And it also said as well, eHarmony's scientifically proven matching system decodes the mystery of compatibility and chemistry so you don't have to. Okay. Anyway, some so, so dating websites for years have been saying this. They've got some fancy algorithm that can f basically look at the say I, I like reading the Guardian and I like watching films and then it puts me and then it puts me in touch with someone that, that's not a Tory and yeah. they go look at our complicated system. Obviously someone saw that ad and yeah. got riled. Yeah. Maybe they were just a very angry person as well. <laughs> And right. they complained to the advertising standards agency. What, what was the complaint? It wasn't literally. The complaint. It's not scientifically proven. There's no scientific proof that your technique works. It's an inaccurate oh, so, claim. So they just they just lied. They said scientifically proven, but there was no asterisk with a with a star. No. Ah. So they took they, they got done. So, so they tried sometimes to you get those it. with like shampoo, which really annoys me because it's always always done like scientifically proven, and it's a case study of like seventeen people in a shop they somewhere. Asked six people their opinion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And anyway, 54 of them that's agree. much the same as what they did with this one. So it's, yeah. it's bullcrap. There's not really much data. They actually got a patent. So they 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 you can look this up. The the eHarmony has a patent for the algorithm. Yeah, they've got a patent for it. Okay. It's US patent number six seven three five five six eight. I'm interested. sure. Yeah. Anyway, all of, all of the shedlings will be rushing. 
<laughs> rushing to the patent literature. I did have a quick read. It was very, very dry. <laughs> but anyway, they've got a patent for their algorithm. So they do have an algorithm. So they do use an algorithm. But it's not proven. Not proven. No, it doesn't they, mean if having, having a having a, a, a algorithm does not mean it works. There's no, there is no evidence any of these things work. People have been looking. There's, there's very little evidence indeed. There was a study, a 23,000-person study in That's 2010. And only 0.5% of the specific you know, yeah. success could be attributed to relationship well-being. So a very, very small percentage was actually relevant from what they did in the app. So there's no evidence that any of these things have any better way of matching you. And just randomly just picking balls randomly. out of a hat. So that advert had to be taken down. They weren't allowed to use that advert them. anymore. No, I like that. Yeah, I, like, I, like I like what the, I like what the pedants so Lord, up. So Lord Lipsy was driving it in the House of Lords in Britain. And he said, phrases like scientifically proven should be confined to claims that they are just that, not used in crude Puffery, designed to lure in those longing for love. Oh my God, did he say the word puffery? Puffery. He's a lord, though, man. He I can, know, you, if your like, name's Lord, you can yeah. use the word no, puffery. Alan Sugar's a lord. It doesn't mean he'd use it. Um, Insane, though. Think about the amount. I don't. I, I think I they need a kick like, in. They're earning that much money, they need a kick in. The, the lords. Yeah, I agree. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lords might block Brexit, so I'm all for the lords at the oh, moment. That's true. <laughs> Okay, so so basically, the uh, so eHarmony has to take it down. Do they have to pay anyone damages or anything? I don't think so. No, I don't think that's how it works. It's difficult to prove that someone has been materially affected by their claims that you weren't. You, that you, yeah, well, that you so. could if you want. No, if you have you used eHarmony, I've listeners, used, any of you out yeah. there, you've used eHarmony, you can take them to court. If you if you're not satisfied, you could claim that you told me it was scientifically proven. I paid you money. It's not scientifically proven. You'd have to pay a lawyer a lot of money, though. It is a bit different, isn't it? Because like eHarmony charges. So there are other kind of free dating apps where people just sign up, and you don't, you know, you don't, you might get put in touch with someone, but you didn't really pay anything for it. So you can't really complain in that quite same way. But I think you probably have a leg to stand on. I think if you're saying, okay, if I've given you fifty quid or a hundred quid or whatever it is mm. f to to buy into your scientifically proven yeah. thing, and you don't have it, yeah. all right, we we seen the start of a class action lawsuit. <laughs> is that what we're saying? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, there you go. Dating. Dating. A minefield. <sighs> What's annoying Nick? Steve. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Very good, thank you. <clears throat> what you got for me? Oh, well, that's interesting you should say that, Steve. So I've had a bit of... Something's been annoying me, Steve. Oh, brilliant. What's annoying? What's annoying, Nick? I've <coughs> had a colleague... I've had a colleague yeah. in my office who is making a lot of bodily sounds <laughs> that I don't approve of in a kind right. of way. Which I, ha is I had this on disgusting. the bus today. I came, I came down from King's Cross on the bus and there was someone coughing excessively loudly. <laughs> At the front of the bus and, and snorting, you. and and you know it did a bit, and to the end of it got me annoyed me so much. I went to the back of the bus. It's so annoying. So yeah. in the office, <laughs> I'm sorry to the person who I'm going to criticise now, <laughs> but um, let's listen, give them the let's give them the name. It, it really uh, annoys let's, me. Let's no, let's just let's just say let's <laughs> keep them anonymous. I don't want to, I don't okay. want to turn this into a person I can imagine. <laughs> 
So imagine, right, imagine this. Stressing me out all day, repeatedly. It wound me up. It was starting, and I was I started off doing that thing when you like that. Yeah, and you just check, and you're like, "You okay? Is everything all right?" No, I don't say anything. I couldn't no. say anything. It's too rude. I couldn't do it. Right. If the person doesn't know that that's not acceptable, it's really awful to say. <laughs> so, good turning around. <laughs> anyway, I, I started listening to some music in the end. That was the only I, way you could you drown it out. I'd probably do that sort of thing myself. Like make a noise that annoys mm. people. Anyway, yeah, it got me thinking. Do. Yeah, go on then. Why do I get so so angry? Because it is. People will. I'm sure people will understand this. You mean in people general make or those, specifically at these noises? Just at those sorts of okay. noises, or let's just say at any noise yeah. in general yeah. irritates you. Why? Why? Why do you think you get so irritated with snorty, slap, slurpy uh, noises that people I make? I suppose it shows a kind of lack of awareness of how you're perceived. Uh, maybe that's annoys me. Plus, it's distracting. It's mainly the noise. I don't think about... I mean, I think probably after the noise has irritated me, I start to... Have, hatred rises in me. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're asking? Sorry, why, but I mean, I thought that's what you were asking. Well, like, what, no, why no, is, that, why is it annoying? No one really knows, but it got me thinking about it. So yeah. I started having a little delve into the background of this. Okay. The first thing I found was, first of all, some noises are intrinsically horrible, really annoying, right? And what, you can probably think of, Nick, think of a I'm noise. Think I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Think of a noise right, which a, you a cannot ba- bear. A baby scream. Great. Yeah. Great, great. Keep, hold that in your mind. Yeah. You think of another one, classic one. Uh, fingers down the blackboard. Jaws. Yeah. Do you remember in Jaws? Yeah. He reaches around to get everyone's attention. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. everyone is, why is that annoying? Um, I suppose, uh, does it, is, is your ear more sensitive at that frequency? So it appears louder? Possibly. People still don't know, but there was a paper, again, I'm going back to 1985 for this paper. Wow, the 80s podcast <laughs> we've got here. Two cutting-edge research I found, articles. I found a paper called The Psychoacoustics of a Chilling Sound. <laughs> That's the name of the that sounds like That would be an amazing album. In, a, in, a, in a journal called Perception and Psychoacoustics. Quite Very niche. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Perception is it's like, not going to... Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they did a little. They did a little experiment, I'm really and they got conscious about so clearing my throat now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Steve. I've actually never been irritated by you doing that. There's, okay. there's many other things which irritate me, but that's not one of them. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> okay, anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah, so they did this experiment where they basically made people listen to horrible sounds and got them to say what, how they kind of like. Or they got to rank them one out of ten of, ha- of the annoyedometer. Well, I'll tell you what they did. They got. Um, they they basically got a, a line, yeah, fifteen centimeter long line, okay. and at one end the most irritating it can be, and at the other end not irritating at all. Okay, and they got them to mark on it, right, along that fifteen so centimeter. So that's the irritator, uh, irritatometer, yeah, yeah. And so the mo- do you know what the most? So the most irritating one was scraping of slate, which is the scratching down the blackboard. blackboard. Yeah, yeah. And then at the other that end doesn't of bother the, me that much that one, you know. Does it not? That no. really bothers me. Anyway, so they just they just investigated that, and then they started to they had a muck around. So this is, they're not really understanding why they're just they're just they're quantifying people's annoyance. They quantified people's annoyance first, but then they did try. This is not cultural, Nick. If you went if you went to China or you went to Russia and asked the same question, would there not be? Good question. I don't know. They didn't try that. Yeah. They didn't try and bad, find. So bad, this is they why didn't try and find a bollocks. population of children brought up by wolves. <laughs> And then subject them to the same. Well, they bloody should have done. 
No, I mean, they did do cultural. They, they, in some of these experiments, although I ultimately got into reading, they had looked at culture. I'm not okay. going to go into too many of the details of that. But basically, yes, scra- scraping slate was most irritating. Then what they did was they filtered out some of the noise. So they thought, well... What frequencies in the scrapey noise are the most irritating? Exactly. What's the most irritating bit of the most irritating noise? I like that kind of thinking. Well, they just got rid of low sounds and high sounds. Right. And then they did the experiment again. And basically, it was when they started taking out some of the low frequencies, it became less irritating for some reason. Yeah. You would think maybe the other way around. But That's yeah. kind of where it stopped. But anyway, other people have sort of dabbled in this area throughout the years. And yeah. There's another paper <laughs> in 2008 with another cool name, which is called Scraping Sounds and Disgusting Noises. <laughs> That's a cool paper title, isn't it? 2008 in Applied Acoustics. And in the introduction, there's some quite interesting. I love when you read some of these social science papers. Oh, yeah. They're a lot more loose than they're, they're free. Yeah. They're you not just constrained say by which convention. Be, well, I suppose it, we would it's consider like them blo- too colloquial. It's to very use clo- it's so like bloke in the pub type. You know, there's there's very few long ways. They're understandable it, and accessible. I, it, it is interesting, isn't it? Because we spend a lot of our time here trying to do the opposite. Take like complicated sounding sciencey names and just try and make them simple. But yeah. you don't have to in sociology. <laughs> it's because they start off with those words to start with. Anyway, they say one of the hypotheses is the results for one of the scraping sounds is consistent with the hypothesis suggested by others that the response comes from a vestigial reflex related to the warning cries of monkeys. Okay, so so we're, we're saying there's an eagle coming to eat you. Yeah, and maybe that's it's some kind of vestigial recognition of a warning sound. Well, then can you take that noise and play it to monkeys and see if they have a similar response to... Good question, Steve. That's your homework for this week. Put right. that on the list with the other one. <laughs> Another sentence. They looked. They started to look at other sounds, so they weren't just looking at annoying sounds. They were looking at disgusting sounds as well. What's the disgusting sound? Well, here we go. So the, the disgusting sounds examined included the worst found found in the experiment. The worst sound found in the experiment. The sound of someone vomiting. Uh, that was the worst sound. Do you want to? Should I give you a, did a they, list, or should I tell you some of the things which were really you know, irritating? If that paper was recorded today, they would have they would have uploaded the the WAV files <laughs> of someone vomiting, wouldn't they? Just well, be this like, was from yeah. two thousand and eight, so maybe it does. Oh right, okay. This is there a later oh, this paper. The later they paper. picked this one up. Yeah. yeah. So number uh, number one, the most. So this is like the top ten of the most <laughs> annoying noises. That's number one, vomiting. Right. Following closely on the heels at number two, microphone feedback. Oh, that is annoying, yeah. At number three, we've got a new entry, multiple babies. (laughs) Up two from six. I like that. Not just one baby, multiple babies. So imagine multiple babies crying. That would be pretty high. There's a kind of like harmony there associated with it. Number six is a violin. (laughs) Just that. It doesn't say it. It's no pejorative term. It just says violin. So could, it could be, be a Hootie be- Menry. Yeah, it could be a beautiful violin concerto. <laughs> Another one is a soap opera argument. <laughs> That's number nine. What? A soap opera argument. I As opposed know. to another argument? You, I tell you, Carly, you come around this house. You know what you're talking about. <laughs> Tasmanian devils at number 11. Oh, that is annoying, yeah. Cat spitting. Sniff, number 16. Yeah. Fingernails is only at 16 in this one. Do you know what it must be hard for when, Snoring, when you're when you're an 26. academic? Like, how does uh, if you're doing this kind of uh, would you describe this as sociological research? I don't know how one would even or behavioural maybe. <coughs> so behavioural research. I mean, they do they they collect data in an empirical way. They do an experiment. So it's like so it would come under the umbrella of psychology then probably. I think so. I think you can argue with the quality of controls and things like that. Yeah. It's probably harder to do it, but it must just be. I mean, what are we learning from this, Nick? <laughs> 
<laughs> What's the know. point? I don't, it tells you what. I mean, it's called misophonia, actually. So the hatred of certain noises. Misophonia. So, certain people have a condition called misophonia. So they get they, they have a excessive reaction to specific. They noises. have a pr- you know you can prove these people have misophonia. Re- so really annoy you. By take you down to another paper thing. now. So there's another paper called the Brain Basis for Misophonia. This was published last year. Wow. In a top journal called Current Biology, and they say trigger stimuli include repetitive and social sounds typically produced by another individual, including chewing, pen clicking, tapping, and lip smacking. Pen clicking is something I probably do. These experience anyway. So what they did here, they did something a bit more complex. They did the whole behavioural thing, and they also looked at MRI scans of people's brains. Okay. So they made people who had diagnosed misophonia. Oh, that's a crap experiment to do, isn't it? So you basically have to, you know people that like get really annoyed by a sound. You put them in a really tight claustrophobic space, i.e., an MRI, <laughs> and then you play the one noise they hate most in the world. I hope they paid them a lot. It, yeah. All of these experiments remind me of the opening scenes of Ghostbusters, you know, when they're <laughs> giving them electric shocks. For like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's a classic. Anyway, so they, they, they basically got 10 misophonic and some control, so people who didn't have misophonia. Yeah. And they played them trigger sounds and just and annoying sounds So this sounds is just diagnosed general. clinically? Is this how I think y- so, you yeah. go into a doctor and say, it really annoys me when Nick clicks yeah, his I pen? Yeah, there are criteria that right. they judge, so it's not a very accurate one, obviously... MRI is a better way, but they've actually shown that they can, when they use, they look at the control, they take trigger sounds, they play them to the misophonic people, and they look at a specific region of the brain. It's called the AIC, which I can't remember what it stands for at the moment. Um, It's part of the brain called the AIC anyway. And um, (coughs) then they trigger, they look at that region of the brain, and they find that that region is stimulated in people with that condition. When they play the same sounds to normal people, it doesn't elicit any response there. So these people have a fundamental... So a chemical over- fun- difference. They've got a fundamental overstimulation of that part of the brain related to the pathological sound. So it is truly pathological. Mm. You play them a sound and something pathologic happens in their brains. So it's actually a really quite interesting interesting paper, I thought. And some of the, <laughs> some of the things that the authors... Um, wrote afterwards sort of rang true chimed with me right do you know what I mean they chimed with me I thought yeah no like, I like, see that like that you'd like to see them, so see the them lead, go for a beer with them <laughs> the lead author said hmm yeah, the reaction is anger mostly it's not disgust the dominating emotion is the anger <laughs> it looks like a normal response but then it's going into overdrive and I'm thinking yeah man that was like me in the office the other day no treatments, they said. Use earplugs. That didn't wash with me. So I read on a little bit further, did a bit more um, reading around it. And it said that one of the ideas they've got is that they would they would pass electricity through the skull. That could adjust brain changes. And, and Tim Griffiths, a professor of cognitive neurology at Newcastle University, says, I hope this will reassure sufferers. So basically Great, yeah, <laughs> you're going to electrocute my head. I feel Let's so reassured. The only, way, the only way to fix your annoyance of your colleague from sniffing is to electrocute your head. Exactly. I haven't oh, finished, yeah. Steve. I There's haven't more. finished. There's, There's more. There's more. I'm going on and on. Go on, on. then. Anyway, so um, a lot of it's to do with unpredictability. Yeah. So there are other studies. It's not to do with a constant noise sometimes. It's to do with a noise that you cannot predict when it will end. Okay. You can't predict when it will start, and you don't uh, know when it will okay. end. So you've got this so a ba- constant. A baby's cry is, is probably could define in that way. Could you? A baby's cry, if it's repetitive, it's yeah. still, whether it's still piercing. Yeah. It's fairly 
but a baby may stop at any point. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, like, you know, the sniffing and the grunting thing. Uh, also, so, so, so the expectation. It's just me sitting there waiting for the next yeah, one. It's me thinking. I think I'm, I'm thinking to myself. Maybe it stopped. Maybe it stopped. <laughs> but maybe it hasn't stopped. I better stay a little bit tense. Maybe it hasn't. Oh, it hasn't stopped. <laughs> That's me getting really annoyed. It's quite similar to. Have you ever seen Dumb and Dumber? Uh, I have. Yes. Do you remember in the car when they pick up the hitchhiker? Uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard the most annoying noise nice in the world? <laughs> and I've played this game. Right. I was very hungover coming back from some party in a dirty northern town with some friends. Uh-huh. We decided to play the most annoying <laughs> noise game. And it also in parallel involved turning the heating in the car up to full. This was in July. <laughs> so everyone is in the car. Hungover. Shouting the most irritating noises what, you can possibly was, imagine. And what was the result of the, the study? Well, the most annoying noise that, that we found was this one. Okay. I'm going to do it to you now. All right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like that, but just, very much louder. I can't do it too loud because we're in a room in a university and there's some people having an academic meeting in the next room while Steve and I dick around. Anyway, so there you go. Wow. Noises. That's why I'm so Misophones. fucking livid, Steve. I'm so livid. It's an overstimulation of the so AI. What you liked, basically what you've done this is, is the way to justify the fact that it's not your fault, that your <laughs> brain's doing it, it's not you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I could say that about everything else, couldn't indeed, I? Indeed, indeed. It's called the anterior insular cortex. Sorry, I didn't remember the name of the that's, brain. That's the bit of the region, the bit of the region of the brain that gets annoyed. Overstimulated, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Oh, God, that I got my system. <laughs> <coughs> Shame, the podcast is done. Oh, never mind. Well, the sun is setting. It's not really, it's never been out. Yeah, and it's it does, a really it disgusting does, day. It, it does feel a bit like a nuclear winter, doesn't it? Yeah, it's another one of those days when I feel like I want to just be in the pub all afternoon. Yeah, yeah. I well, feel like I want to be unemployed. I feel like I am unemployed. <laughs> and that I've, the first time I left the house is at four o'clock to and go and get some milk, and I'm going to sit down and watch Takeshi's Castle, possibly whilst. Having a couple of codeine, high strength codeine painkillers. Well, there's something to the And drinking half a bottle of red wine. <laughs> God, life used to be so much fun, didn't oh, it? The days. The days. <laughs> don't do that anymore. Well, um, well, it's a shame you don't do that because you're because you're podcasting so much. And if I could I, tweet about it, you could tweet. How how would, how would people find you on Twitter? At the Evans Lab, and I'm at Steve the Chemist. And we also have a um, a, a science shed one as well, don't we? Steve? We do at the science shed. Yeah, or find us on Facebook or on SoundCloud. They can also email us as well. Um, we are in the science shed at uh, gmail.com. Wow, that's high tech. Email. Uh, yeah, you're ahead of that. Do we have a postal address? <laughs> no, the, the science shed Free exists. post the science shed. <laughs> free post. I haven't thought about free post in years. We don't really have a free post. No. Uh, okay, well, hopefully people enjoyed it, um, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, okay, bye! <laughs>